0: Hello everyone. This is John Otterstead for the scarletnation.com podcast. I am actually by myself this evening because the rest of the staff is down at Rutgers for the Rutgers seven on seven. I was down there earlier and after getting a few interviews to piece together for what I think is going to be a very interesting podcast today, I decided to come back and get to work on it so I could give you something to tide you over till more of the seven on seven articles come out tomorrow. The topic of the day is recruiting. Moreover, what makes a good recruiter? If you followed Rutgers for a while, you've probably seen some times when Rutgers has been recruiting on all cylinders, and then some other times where they can't seem to grab the attention of the state's top recruits. So what I did today is I walked the sidelines, and I found four people who I think could give us some insight into that. We have two coaches, one of which is from out-of-state Tottenville, New York, another one in-state, and rather than grab one of the Parochial coaches, which we did just a couple of weeks ago with Mike Teal, I decided to grab someone from Newark, which is Coach Marion Bell of Newark Westside. Then I went with two recruits, uh, one being Tim Barrow, who is about to officially enroll tomorrow at Rutgers. He's an incoming defensive back out of Tottenville. And then we'll also be speaking to a recent commit, Zaheer Lacewell, out of Tottenville. So it's a big Tottenville angled piece today with a coach, two players, and then we also have the New Jersey representative and Coach Bell. I was dying to find out what they'd say about the topic of recruiting and specifically recruiters. So with no further ado, let's bring in future Scarlet Knight, Tim Barrow, who you could be seeing on the sidelines as early as this year. What contributed to your ultimate decision to commit to Rutgers? Uh, what contributed to my ultimate decision was, uh,
1: first was my education. Uh, you know, I'm going to be majoring most likely in business and Rutgers has a great business school. Uh, my second ultimate decision was, uh, the brotherhood that we have inside the locker room. Uh, we have a tight core with the DBs. Uh, you know, we're all well-rounded people, great men, uh, on and off the field. So, uh, you know, that was great knowing that, you know, off the field, there's no problems off the field, and I would never, you know, get in trouble. Uh But, yeah, that was basically
0: my second ultimate decision. Let's talk about the coaching staff a little bit. When I talk to some players, they say it was the head coach that sold them. Other players, they say it was an assistant coach. Can you give some insight into that, how you bonded with the different coaches, and which coach ultimately led you to commit?
1: Yeah, um you know, one thing I liked about uh Rutgers and the coaching staff is was it wasn't, just one coach recruiting me, you know. Um, even though I am going in as a DB, uh, Coach Williams, Coach Jafar Williams, the receiver coach, uh, he was very uh, nice to me during my recruiting process. Uh, you know, he'll say hello. You know, letting me know, you know, that we really want you here. You know, it, it always good. It's good to know when you know not only the position coach wants you, but other position coaches want you also. And uh, yeah, it was just great. You know. With the D line coach, the O line coaches. uh, You know, it was just, it just felt like every coach wanted me there, not just only my position coach. All right, so let's
0: dig into that a little more. You say they wanted you there. And I think that's an interesting statement because a lot of coaches would want you at their school. A lot of coaches would want other players at their school. How does a coach show you that they want you to be part of their program?
1: So, uh, just for like the recruits out there that's getting recruited by um, colleges. Uh when a coach when a school wants you there or when the coaches want you there, they'll let you know, right? They're not just they're not only they're gonna show you like actions speak louder than words, right? That's that's what everybody basically says nowadays, actions speak louder than words. So when a coach is um uh consistently, you know, wanna speak to you on the phone, uh speaking to your parents, you know, coming down to your school twenty four seven, you know, wanna know you know, just the little things like how your grades doing or how's your mother doing, you know what I mean? Or some stuff like that. That's how you know when a school really wants you. Not only just for your skill, but uh you know, as a man, you know, you know, you got to eventually you got to show, you know, your other side of you, which is not like your football side, you know what I mean? With a helmet on, you also you also got to go out, you know, uh interact with people, you know what I mean? So, um yeah, basically uh, it was more like a social thing. I think when a coach wants you, it like a social way, you know, like to show the real you, I guess. And like you're always, the football side. But, yeah.
0: Now, is when you think about all the coaches who came and spoke to you over the course of the recruiting period, can you think of a guy who really did that better than other people? Who, when you spoke to him, whether it's a Rutgers coach or a coach from another school, who you really connected with and you felt, you know, this guy is good as a, good at his job.
1: Um, I gotta say, uh, Coach Aaron Henry. Uh, he was uh, the uh, the DB coach first in the Ash era. Um, he he's a great guy. Like he understands like um, our our generation, this year's generation. You know, we're all with technology wise with the cell phones, the Xbox, video games, and everything like that. And his way of connecting to me and uh, other recruits, which is crazy because we, we all play Xbox. You know, Xbox with P four or something like that. But, um, we're all playing video games and his way of basically, uh, connecting with us was, um, let's play a game of Madden on Xbox or PlayStation. You know what I mean? Get that bond, get closer. You know what I mean? Get to know each other. Or let's talk a little bit about life after football. You know, that's, that's one thing I really like about, uh, coaches when they, well, like about Coach Henry and, uh, other coaches, uh, here at Rutgers. They really, they talk to me more about life after football than it is with football. And, uh, that's what
0: I really love. Well, there's Tim Barrow. He said a couple of things that really stuck out to me. And first of all, how it was a team effort to bring him on board. I think yet yeah, that was something that was special to him. I've heard about that from many other players. You want to have that strong connection with the coach who is, who's going to be coaching you eventually. But you know, some programs, if you think back to the Joe Susan days, there was a recruiting coordinator. And if a player was being recruited by Joe Susan, that was a big deal for him. And in the case of Barrow, it was just that sense that all of the coaches wanted him to be part of the program. That was something that stood out to him. I liked when he said, actions speak louder than words. And it's what you do. And I say this to a couple of people later on, and I'm, I believe it was on – it was recorded, so you'll get to hear it. I don't understand why more coaches don't take that advice. There seems to be several things that you can do. It's almost a playbook that you could follow. And these recruits are going to appreciate the effort that you put in. But when I ask them point blank, "Do does every coach do this? Does every coach come down to the school? Does every coach make that extra effort to get to know you and to know your grades and to just kind of bond with you on that second level? And the answer is no. And that shocks me. And it also – I think it's something that should really resonate with the head coaches at these colleges because they have to find those guys that can not only coach on the field but are willing to put in that extra effort. And as Tim said, your actions speak louder than your words. Um, There was something else he said at the end. Of course, I can't remember what it was, but (laughs) I thought he gave some great insight. And I think someone who can give some excellent insight too is his coach – Brian Neville. He's a new coach at Tottenville, and which seems to be a little bit of a pipeline for Rutgers these days. So let's get over to him. Yeah. So coach, I'm bringing you on today because the topic of the day on the podcast is their whole recruiting game and how coaches get inside with kids and get with coaches, get inside with their parents. And I think it's just a neat insight to get for the uh the fans out there to kind of get a a view of what goes on behind the scenes in order to build that relationship with a player as well as all the people around him so the question i have for you is from your perspective as a coach of a high profile high school football team who's seen different recruits come and go and out to the college level what do you think that number one trait is in a college recruiter when they come into your school that first of all that that gets your attention
2: well, definitely if they keep coming back and if they show an interest in the kid other than his ability on the field. If they're asking about his grades, wanting to see his transcript, wanting to see his updates in his class, and, and honestly, Rutgers has been doing a great job with that you know, because I see Coach Bush um, at least once a month when he comes in, and he's not asking about anything other than grades and progress in classes. So that, to me, is important because football is going to end so you got to get your education, um, you got to get a degree, and that's the most important thing that I tell my kids, you know, go for education and use football as a way to get your education for free. So that's important to me when the coaches come in.
0: Now I've asked the same question to a few different people today, and they mentioned that what you're saying right now, asking about other things other than just playing football. It sounds like that would be a no-brainer, but I guess judging by the fact that other people keep mentioning it it must not be something that people are doing as consistently as you would think Mm
2: -hmm. yeah absolutely um like i said coaches might come in speak to a guy once and then you don't see him again until maybe four months later but you got to be on top of these kids you got to show these kids that you care about them more than just being a football player in my opinion so um coaches that do that do a good job um Pete Lembo in Maryland, he does a good job with that. Coach Bush, I said, does a good job with that. But there have been a lot of coaches um, that just come in, take a look at the kid, see him on film, or they hear about him and they want to meet him. And then, you know, they don't really follow up as much with me at all. And they might shoot the kid Texas and whatnot, but... Nothing with me where I could, like, say, hey, this is a good guy and talk to my kid about maybe you want to go here, maybe you want to go there. So, um, yeah, I think that's super important, and it's not done enough.
0: You mentioned Coach Bush, and he's someone who has been a top recruiter for Rutgers thus far. Can you talk about some of the traits? And I guess the, the things that you've said so far are traits that he has, but maybe just some of the, the personal things that stand out to you about Coach Bush.
2: He's just a good guy. Um, you know, he'll – um. Whenever he comes in, we'll sit down, we'll talk football, number one. If I have questions about football, I'll take the time to sit down. I know he invited my predecessor up here, came up here, talked football with him, uh, Coach Munson, for a day. So he's just a good, honest guy. I just talked to him over there about Zaire, but we weren't talking about what he was doing on the field. We were talking about his grades. So, again, he just seems like a genuine, honest guy. And... Um, That's why I think my guys are kind of drawn to him because of his, um, first of all, he's a relentless recruiter, calling guys and checking up on guys and asking guys about their family and knowing about their mom, knowing about their dad, knowing about their situation. So he does a great job with that. And, you know, it's it's working with my guys. So he's doing a great job.
0: Thank you so much, Coach. Well, I'm back again. I enjoyed that interview. And I, there's a couple of things that stood out to me in that one. And not to mention that he w- said the same exact thing that we heard earlier from Tim Barrow about asking about grades. And he really honed in a little bit on Coach Bush. And two things he said about him was, one, that he's a genuine, honest guy, which is something that I think, obviously, the Coach Bush wants to come out in his interactions with people. And from all accounts, that's something that is coming out when he's interacting with these coaches and these players. And then the other thing that he called them was a relentless recruiter. And that is something that I just don't know if Rutgers has had enough of over the years. In fact, you can think of the relentless recruiters by name, Mark D'Onofrio, Jeff Halfley. And then after that, you go, well, I don't know. And there were others who were on the relentless spectrum, but I don't know how many guys who when I've talked to high school coaches in the past have been referred to as a relentless recruiter. And it's definitely something that Rutgers has to get into that game with if they want to turn the hearts and minds of the high school community in New Jersey more towards them. But obviously, they're doing a great job right now with many players in schools, particularly in Tottenville. Now, I want to go keep it in Tottenville. And you heard him mention Zahir Lacewell. He's a recent commit to Rutgers. He's three stars at Rivals.com, but another service has, has him at four stars. He's a linebacker. He's a wide receiver. He's, I guess he'll be coming to Rutgers as an athlete. His tape, as Bobby was telling me, is just sick on the defensive side of the ball. And he had a few things to say about Rutgers. Let's check it out. What is it about Coach Bush that appealed
3: to you? He's like another parent. Like he stays. Like he calls me often. Like staying on top of my grades. Like I never had like a college that kid. Like you know what I'm saying. Like they just tell me, They call me and tell me I got an offer, and then that's the last I hear them, unless they DM me asking me to come to like a campus home.
0: Can you talk about Coach Bush just as a person? What what is he? What type of person is he? Um, yeah, you know, if somebody said, "Hey, I don't know him," tell me more about him. What would you say? his personality
3: is always positive, just like Coach Ash. And that's why I like their coaching staff, because everybody's positive. I've never heard nobody think negative. But the strength coach but the strength coach is helping you. Mm-hmm.
0: So you say he, he pushes in that yeah. different way, too, right? He has some different buttons he pushes and, and such. And Coach Bush, how long have you been you know, in contact with him, and how has that relationship grown over time? I mean,
3: sophomore year, I got the offer. So I speak with him, like,
0: twice a week. And the type of thing you said you talked things about more than just football, yeah, yeah. and he follows through on your grades. Your coach mentioned that too—that he's he looks at you more as a as a person, a well-rounded person, than just a football player. Can you comment a little bit more on that? I mean, I like that. I don't like people to
3: just see like, oh yeah, he's a good football player, and then like they don't think nothing else. Like.
0: Now, do you have any interaction with the other coaches on the Rutgers staff? For example, Coach Ash. Um. The
3: receiver coaches, the DB coaches, I'm in contact with almost everybody. What can you
0: say about Coach Ash?
3: I mean, he always thinks positive. I never, it's like, even when he's angry, like, i never seen him scream. Like, it's always like, come on, guys, let's do it. Like, he's never, oh, you suck. Like, I never heard like that.
0: And you respond better to that type of reinforcement. Yeah, I like positive thinking. All right. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem that was Zahir Lacewell a player who you're going to hear much more about on Scarlet Nation in the coming months and heading into his ultimate signing with Rutgers for the class of 2018 the final person we bring on is coach Marion Bell coach Bell is a longtime coach at East Orange recently wrapped that up is moving over to Newark Westside And he caught my eye today, just not only because he's a great guy and it was great to see him back out on the field again, but also because he had a few players that really stood out. And we're used to up in North Jersey, if there is a great player uh, playing in an urban area, often the North Jersey parochials swoop in and try to pull him up north a little bit further. But he has two guys to keep an eye on who he'll talk about a little bit. And his perspective, I think, is great to end the show with today because Coach Bell was recently through this process as the father of Trey Bell, who was a Division I recruit, and we'll hear a little bit about him and his process and which coach stood out about to him during that process. But he also has done it as a mentor to many players over the years, including former Rutgers player Elbidget Hutchins. So let's close out the show and get to Coach Bell. <laughs> The interesting thing about talking to you, Coach, is that you've been through this process as a coach and you've also been through it as a father. So let's talk about as a father. When you were watching Trey go through this process, what were some of the traits of a recruiter that stood out to you? Uh, You know, someone who was able to get inside your family, get to know you and really make an impression not only on your son, but on yourself.
4: Um, Some of the traits that was was most memorable for me was when coaches had an interest in. Our family, not just in trade playing football, uh, that stood out to me because this is someone that we had to entrust our kid with for the next five years or four years, and we wanted to be comfortable with that. So the coaches that came in and wanted to get to know about the family and wanted to know who who was really who Trey Bell really was, that was the most important thing to me. And what, what stock did he come from?
0: Did these coaches take time to get to know you and? And your your the rest of your family or did they spend most of their time with Trey? Well, majority of the coaches was just recruiting Trey. The one coach that stood
4: out the most with me was James Franklin. He didn't just recruit Trey, he recruited my family. And I think that's why we when Trey originally decommitted from Florida, that's why he committed to Vanderbilt because they showed us that it was a family atmosphere. And that's what we wanted because He was going to go off with them for the next four to five years.
0: You know, I've heard conversations about, you know, coach before, um, Franklin, and people mentioned his recruiting prowess. And the thing that always comes to my mind is why don't other coaches do that? And you've met many coaches as a coach yourself and as a father of a recruit. Why do you think that they don't take the time to get to know the athlete as a person as well as his family?
4: In my opinion, professionally and being a human being, I think that college coaches do that because they're only thinking about their job. They're not thinking about the the kid, the young man. They're only thinking about, can he help us? Uh, Can he help secure my job? If he can, great. If he can't, then we got to move on from this kid. That's why they don't really get deep into the kid's life, his family, his interests. They just recruit them because they think this kid can help their program, not really get to, to build a real relationship with the kid.
0: It just seems kind of silly because you realize that if they put that time in, they're going to get the results they need on the recruiting trail, and then their job is going to be more secure. Well, in my
4: opinion, uh, I just feel like as a coach, first of all, a kid could, could be a four-star, five-star, three-star in high school, but then get to college just don't pan out. As a coach, it's on you to develop him, even if he is a four- or five-star. You know, So if, if, if you are a coach that develops young men and, and they can go through your program and you know at the end they're going to be a really good uh, a football player on the next level as well, then you've got to have some security in what you're doing. And most of the coaches, I believe, don't have that security. They want the big-time recruits so they don't have to do much.
0: Well, you've seen it from the opposite end as the high school coach being courted to some degree. How is that different or how is that similar to what you went through as a parent?
4: Um, being and I coach predominantly in inner-city uh, schools, um, it's kind of tough for my guys because, you know, we, we kind of get recruited at the end. We don't do it get recruited in the beginning, especially in New Jersey. Um, the same athlete that I have, if he moved to a Florida or a Georgia, his recruiting process would be different. But in New Jersey, you play for inner city school. You don't really get the early 20 offers because the coaches don't trust that you will be the kind of kid that'll fit their program. And because they don't get to know you or get to know the high school coach, they can't trust that you can come in their program and make the, make an impact because they don't know you and they don't know your coach.
0: Right. Now, This is a Rutgers podcast, so I have to ask you a little bit about Rutgers right now. I know you mentioned James Franklin, who is probably the devil to most of the listeners right now, but I think you make some great points, because even the most ardent Rutgers fan knows that James Franklin knows what he's doing on the recruiting trail. Through the years that you've spent as a coach, can you think of anybody on the Rutgers side who's had some of those traits? Um,
4: Coach Hewitt, when he was at Rutgers, he was was always in my office, we all had... Always had great conversations about his family, about my family. It wasn't just about, you know, recruiting. It was about him getting to know me, having a relationship with me. So he was good. Coach Rossi was good. Um, he actually took some of my kids when he was at Maine when I was the head coach at East Thorns High School. Um, so we developed a great relationship because it was it was more than just about the recruiting process. It was about him getting to know me, so he could trust me. So if I said I got a kid that was really good, he trust that. When I get the kid to campus, he's going to be what Coach Bell says he is. Um, and those are the guys that um, I thought was really good. And the offensive coordinator when he was at Rutgers, um I forget his name, but he was good. I think he's with the Cardinals now.
2: But he was good. He
4: would spend hours and hours in my office when they were recruiting J. Hudson, and he would run laps around our track. And I felt comfortable with those guys. Um, so the new staff. Has to do the same thing, not just with the prep schools, but also spend some time with the inner city coaches. Because if we say we got a kid that's ready, that's um, on and off, that doesn't have on and off the tuition, then that kid is probably going to be a good football player. I.e., my kid that just got drafted, Razul Douglas, that played for me at campus. Now he's with the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Now I saw some excellent players for you today. One guy who's an incoming senior, another guy who's a sophomore. So I'm sure that these Rutgers coaches are going to be down visiting you in the not-so-distant future. Everybody wants to know. that's the thing. Go ahead. No, you finish. That's the thing. What are we going to say?
4: See, that's the thing. Like, those kids are are going to be really good football players, and they're going to be under-recruited because they didn't go to a camp that put their name on the, the top 100 list. But they could play football with anyone in the country. You know, because they have the skill set, the size, the speed, and they're tough kids that come from a good home, good parenting, but they may be under-recruited only because they're not the top 500, 100 five-star athletes.
0: Right. What was their name starting a, with the younger guy?
4: Um, The young guy was Darius Gooden, wide receiver, 6'2", about 185 pounds. Um, he's going to be special. You know, he's going to be special. And the the, um, the junior that's going to be a senior is Nasir Sid Neal. Um, he just moved to Newark, and he transferred from East Orange High School where I used to coach. Um, so those kids are going to be good. They, they're they going to be under-recruited, but hopefully some coach, hopefully Rutgers will come in and see what I see, and then maybe they can stay home. Cause I, My thing is when the kids get hot, I don't want people to say, well, why you didn't let them go to Rutgers? Rutgers got to recruit them in order for them to go to
0: Rutgers, right? And my next question is related to that. Obviously, a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast want to see Rutgers do well. You've been at several schools that have produced Division One recruits, even East Orange, although it's not a North Jersey uh, parochial school, has produced people like Hutchins. That you were saying before, other other guys mm-hmm. too. What do you think Rutgers has to do to take it to the next level in this state?
4: I mean, honestly, I think they got a number one. Probably get some coaches that know how to relate to these type of kids. Um, I know, like in Texas, Florida, and Georgia, high school coaches get a shot to coach on that level, and they can coach on that level. In New Jersey, we don't have high school coaches that from New Jersey that go that works on rucker staff. I mean, Coach Metz is a, is, a, is, a, is a New Jersey high school coach who got a position on the staff, but relate with to inner city kids. You need coaches that can relate to those kids that could kind of be like a big brother to them. Cause those are the kids that's going to fight for you. Those are the kids that are going to help you get to a big 10 championship because they don't have anything. So they're going to fight with their life.
0: They're going to fight for the life. I like that. Well, that was coach bell and that is going to wrap up our podcast for today, but I invite you to continue the conversation on the ScarletNation.com message boards If you do not have a username, just go to scarletnation.com, find your way to the forums, go to the Rutgers Football Forum. That's our free forum. Anyone can participate on that one. When you go to post a message, it will prompt you to register. Uh, One of the options will be to become a premium member. You do not have to become a premium member. You can just sign up for a free account to get a little taste of what we're all about. But of course, if you'd like to go on the premium side... That will afford you access to the round table, which is where our staff hangs out and we answer questions every day, morning, noon, and night. There's usually one of us on there. That's where we have a little bit more of a more focused conversation. And of course, if you're a premium member, you'll get access to all of our content, all of the articles, as well as the podcast here. The podcast is available to anyone, but um, we always add a little bit more insight on the round table after every uh, podcast episode. So with that said, for John Ottersted and everybody at the scarletnation.com website, I want to hope you have a great week, and I want to thank you so much for being part of the Scarlet Nation community.